15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Okay, ask. That's what's going on here. You heard it in the first reading. Esther is asking for help, and Jesus is teaching us how to ask in the second reading the Holy Gospel. Um, but you got to hear about Esther. You got, I mean, you can't just read this reading from Esther and not know about who she is. Uh, the Jews today celebrate Purim, P-U-R-I-M. Purim means um, money that is taken as um, um, almost like a bribe. Okay, long story. Queen Esther is a Jewish girl, woman, post-exile, after the exile, they're living in Persia, present-day Iran. And uh, the king decides, for various reasons, to call her to his harem, okay? Now, he doesn't know she's Jewish. She keeps that quiet. So she becomes part of the king's harem, and she becomes the new queen. Um, there was another queen, another story, but we're not going to get into her. Okay, so, so she becomes part of the, the king's dominion in, per, in Persia. Her uncle is a man called Mordecai, and there's a, a man who is a leader of the household of the king. His name is Haman. What happens is, I'm going to reduce the story. Haman knows that there are Jewish people living in the land, and he convinces the king to get rid of them, to, to persecute them. Esther goes to the king and asks him to spare the people. And in the course of the relationship, she finds out that Haman is working against the king. He's planning to kill the king and take over his, his role. Her uncle, Mordecai, encourages her to tell the king the story. She does tell the story. And he's already issued a decree that, that all the Jews should be extinguished and should be killed. He says to his, his wife, okay, I, I can't rescind that decree, but I can add another decree. And he does. And the new decree is that the Jews may attack their enemies. That's the bottom line of the story. The Jews attack their enemies. They win. Esther's the queen of the day, you might say. She's the, the heroine of the gospel. Um, that's celebrated by Jews, even to today. It's a, it's a minor feast in Purim, which is called like booty, like it's coins, uh, because that's what they were given out as a result of their freedom. The Jews were able to celebrate Purim by sharing the booty, the, the Purim. Haman uh, is executed but in, in his honor and really disgrace, um, there is a cookie that's called Hamantash, and it's, it's either Haman's hat or Haman's purse, the purse holding the Purim, the, the money. 
Um, and it's just a triangular cookie. You might see it in a local bakery. And the, the middle of it is like um, a fig stuffing. It's a kind of food that Jews celebrate, celebrating Purim, eat today. And they also, it got complicated through the years, it also is a day for kids to dress up in costume, okay? And it's also a day in which we relate to it from the perspective of Ash Wednesday, which happened a few weeks ago, uh, because on this day, um, Mordecai asked the Jews to mortify themselves by wearing ashes and, and sackcloth. So that is a little bit tied into our ancient tradition of uh, ashes on Ash Wednesday. But Purim usually falls during what we call Lent, but Purim is based on the, the calendar of the Jews. So, so today, February 25th, happens to be Purim from sundown today until tomorrow. Now, is that a thing you need to know? Uh, no, but Esther is um, a, a character in the scriptures uh, who showed courage. That's the key here. Uh, she's a Jew, a persecuted Jew in the Persian Empire, and she, she was honored by the king for showing her courage, for standing up against Haman. And so she is honored as Queen, Queen Esther in the scriptures, many, many paintings done through the years by her, especially by artists who were hired by Jewish com uh, communities, and Rembrandt is one of them. So Esther is a character. Now for us, Esther becomes, like we call it, a prototype, a woman who stands up for what is right and saves her people from evil. Well, who's that? Mary, mother of God. She stands up and protects us from evil. So she's a prototype of, of Mary, Esther is. Now, the reason we, we fuse this reading today in reference to the gospel is because when things were bad, she appealed to God. She, you know, like, Lord, I, I've been taught by my ancestors that you, you, you hear prayers and you'll answer me. So I'm begging you, hear my prayers today. And that's what we heard in the first reading. She says, you, you always come to those who are pleasing to you. Now help me, who am alone and have no one but you. So it was her, the king, and her uncle, Mordecai, and she's praying to God for intercession. Now come to Jesus. Whatever you pray for, he says, you're going to get now, be careful of this. This is not like, I'm going to pray for the lottery, I'm going, to, I'm going to hit the jackpot. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the confidence that we should have in God. The confidence that we have the right, as his children, to ask our Father for anything. He will always give it according to his holy will. That great phrase from, from the, the Lord's Prayer teaches us that, your will be done. So we can never pray for selfish reasons. That's why this area of, of the Gospel of Matthew is closed with, do to others whatever you have them do to you. In other words, you're praying for your welfare. You can pray for the welfare of others. Don't pray for greed. Don't pray for uh, evil. Don't pray for things that are not healthy. So do for others as you would have them do for you. Do to others what you want God to do for you. So it gives us a role to play. When we ask God of anything, it's going to be granted, and I want to put a little 
P.S. or parentheses over here, as long as we grant other people's prayers. Now, again, we're not Mordecai and, and Haman and Esther, so we're not praying for delivery from evil, but we are praying for the delivery from evil of the COVID virus, and we are seeing the results of those prayers. Now, some people say, well, it's not, God's not doing it, the vaccination's doing it. Yes, okay, we give glory to God in all things, God inspired the scientists to come up with the vaccination. Yeah, the scientists are going to make some money. The, the, the labs are going to make money. A lot of people are going to profit from it. But the bottom line is the removing and the healing of the COVID virus from our community. So that's what we're praying for. That's what we've been praying for for a year now. It's last year at this time that it was, quote, introduced into Western culture, the COVID virus. So... We hear our prayers being answered, but we got to realize how subtly God does answer our prayers and how our prayers are answered on his timeline, not ours. So when he inspires scientists, politicians, leaders of the community to get the vaccination into the arms of everyone who needs it, his, he's hearing our prayer. We're praying for the end of it. Yes, we would love to have a, a God who is like the Wizard of Oz, who, you know, would just wave his wand and get rid of the virus. That would be great, but it's not, that's not realism. And it's not the way God works. God works through nature. God works through us. God is asking us, I'm listening to you, but you better listen to one another. And, and listen how you do listen to one another. And, he, and Jesus gives that great examples. Now, he says, when, um, who would hand your son a stone when you ask for a loaf of bread? Where that, we say, what's the connection? How does, how does he come to that? Well, in, in Jesus' time, when bread was made, okay, it was put in baskets in the household okay, to be eaten when it was time to eat. And the same thing with uh, fish. They were put in baskets to preserve salted and put in baskets. So when Jesus is saying this, he's saying, now, for instance, when you go into your, into your basket, you don't pull out a rock for your son to eat. No, you look at it, and it's bread, and that's what you give your son to eat. Same thing when he's asking for a fish. You don't go into the basket blindly and reach in and pull out a fish because you might be pulling out a snake or a scorpion at the same time because they had the habit of, of sleeping in there. No, you examine it and you hand your fish to your son to eat. Metaphor. But that's how God treats us. And that's 2,000 years ago. The story still goes on. God treats us as we treat one another. You show me a person who's mean and, and, and angry and, and, and bad to people, and I'll show you a person who doesn't like himself, who's angry at himself first and nasty to himself first. And then he projects that onto other people. The opposite is also true. People who pray for one another, people who are considerate, people who are thoughtful, and, and say, I'll pray for you, I'll offer you prayers for you. They themselves come across as pretty pleasant people. I mean, not necessarily weak or strong, but pleasant people, just people. And that's what God is telling us. Do to others what you would have them do to you. 
God's going to treat you as you treat one another. You can ask anything you want, but before you do, realize how am I answering the needs of my sisters and brothers, my family? Am I greedy? Am I selfish? Am I self-centered? Oh, yeah? Well, then get, don't bother asking God anything because he's going to say, you're greedy, you're self-centered, you have everything you need. These are my words, not Jesus' words. However, if we are thoughtful and we're loving and we're caring and we help people and we're kind, that's how God will treat us. And we'll have our prayers answered according to his holy will. So the bottom line is, ask. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. From earaches to strep tests, there's Miniclinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Miniclinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See miniclinic.com for details.